0: We'll oh, oh, Hello and welcome to Science Tech Africa on Channel Africa The African Perspective and broadcasting from Johannesburg in South Africa. You can find us in Southern Africa, DSTV audio bouquet Channel 802 and stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za Send us tweets at Scienstech underscore one On the show we talk about science and technology stories in relation to Africa. We talk about what's happening in the world of social media and mobile technology in relation to Africa. My name is Nombui Selotengo and you are tuned to Science Tech Africa on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. Welcome to the show. in today's program we are looking at the african energy chamber that is set to host the first ever african energy week in the african soil then we look at manufacturer and reseller of electric motor vehicles that recently launched its first line of fully electric motor vehicles and we also look at south africa's first home service app that formalizes domestic work into a powerful formal economy Lastly, we look at CETA announced its commitment to becoming a certified carbon neutral company by 2022 under the carbon neutral protocol. For more on this, stay tuned to Channel Africa, the African perspective. Please like our Facebook page, Channel Africa, and do follow us on Twitter at ScienceTech underscore one and engage with us and comment on the program. The African Energy Chamber, also known as AEC, has announced the official launch of African Energy Week, AEW 2021, taking place in Cape Town, South Africa, on the 9th to the 12th of November 2021. The event will showcase the first ever African Energy Village, an interactive exhibition and networking event that seeks to unite African energy stakeholders, drive industry growth and development, as well as promote Africa as the destination for African-focused events with the full support of prominent African and global industry leaders. To tell us more, Elizabeth Lidiha of Channel Africa spoke to chairman of the African Energy Chamber, executive N.J. Ayuk.
1: The event in Cape Town came out of the fact that a London-based company um, that organized Africa all week decided for very strange reasons that Cape Town has more COVID than any other place in Africa and any other place in the world, and so they're moving to Dubai. But the truth of the matter is that Cape Town has um, 3% compared to 6% when you look at Dubai. So when we looked at that, we decided we said they cannot be one place in Africa, if it's about COVID, that you cannot organize the conference. It is possible to have a meeting in Cape Town. It is possible to have um, this big event in Cape Town and really drive it. The city of Cape Town has been very hit by COVID. Yes, we admit that. But also, a lot of jobs, a lot of everyday people have suffered so hard because this, this city it has been hit. Now, when we look at a recovery, we know it's going to be some difficult times right now because we've seen a third wave. But we are betting on the fact that this city is going to bounce back um, around October, November. We will be able to have Africa in, in Cape Town and we will be able to start a path towards boosting the economy and bringing life into the city again.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and how important is it to keep such events on African soil?
1: Now, more than ever, it's imagine playing the African Football Nations Cup in any other continent. That would not make sense. Imagine having hosting the African Union in Japan. It will not make sense. At this moment, when we are discussing energy transition, when the world is saying stop using coal, stop using oil, stop using gas, Africa's natural resources Uh, a lot of them come out of coal gas and and oil that discussion should take place among africans how we charter our future what will be the future of exploring for energy but also 800 million people in the continent have no access to energy we cannot be discussing that in dubai and come up with a, a decision because guess what You cannot even have South Africans go to Dubai. They are not allowed. Nigerians cannot go, they are not allowed. And many other African countries, yesterday Sierra Leone and Liberia. So we need to have this discussion in Africa as we are going to COP26 and G7 meetings to ensure that the African, the everyday African is on the agenda. And that should be held right here in Africa with Africans inviting our international partners to come right here and we have the discussion. That is why we've seen almost 500 people registered already to come down to Cape Town and we are going to have more and more support.
2: On that note, how would you gauge the level of support that uh, this event has received from high profile leaders on the continent so far?
1: Well, let's start with the world. The most important person in the oil and gas industry is the Secretary General of OPEC. He has confirmed he is coming to South Africa. The governor of the state of Alberta in Canada, he's is coming. There is a delegation from Texas, from Oklahoma, from Alaska, from North Dakota and United States, they are coming. The Norwegians are coming. The leaders in Africa, I'm in Senegal right now, the president of, of, of Senegal is coming to South Africa. We've had more than 15 ministers of energy across africa that will be coming to south africa the private sector has also registered they're mobilizing themselves international companies so think about this in t- for- foreign companies come to different african countries to sign deals and sign contracts but they cannot meet in africa so when you say when they have to meet to discuss our future you, you say go meet in dubai so i think um, one person's decision um, that is very insulting to the continent should not be a permanent decision. There, um, our reaction to this as the African in chamber and what has transpired has shown that we are going to get through this. This is a time when we need to stick together. But we also need to put the right kind of safety measures in place to ensure that nobody gets sick so we encourage most of the people that come to energy conferences are already vaccinated. So we encourage the vaccination. If you get vaccinated, you're going to have a discount of $200. And then there's going to be same-day on-site vaccination before you get into the event. If you're positive, we make sure you get help. If you're negative, you can get right into the event and we will get it on and we'll do our best to, and to, to start reviving. But let's look at the benefits to Cape Town. There's going to be high dollar pump in, in the this, in this city. A lot of people with money. A lot of people will be taking vacations after the conference. A lot of people will be shopping. A lot of people will be staying at your the hotel. They'll be buying. So being able to attract between one to 2,000 people in the city, it will start giving the city some life again. You will start seeing some dollars being recited in the economies. You will start seeing some jobs coming back. And I think that is more important And God knows we need it now.
2: And what about the African energy sector? What will having such an event, uh, you know, how will it recover the African energy sector?
1: It gives it life again. This is a sector that has been beating down. Most people have given up hope. So, you know, the most important thing, for our people at this time is hope it's hope so it brings hope again it tells the world we are back and also it tells the world that we can even start working on oil prices i am thinking you've been seeing the prices at the pump going up and up and up we need to have the discussion the opec secretary general is coming to south africa we need to have the discussion with him to ensure that the price at the pump opec is going to bring the price down these times are very difficult. We cannot have our people paying very high. So that discussion, bringing these men to Africa and other OPEC ministers, that discussion should be had in Africa, and we should be able to drive that and have African positions. But the industry itself has to pick itself back up again because the industry is driven by everyday people, coal workers around Pumalanga, all workers in Angola and Nigeria and all and workers in Senegal and Mozambique. We're discussing energy security. A few months ago, you saw the terrorist attacks that happened in Mozambique, which is going to be the third largest gas producer of the world. We need to put all of that front and center stage and drive African solutions. Because so, sometimes, you know, the solutions to a lot of our problems are right here in Africa. And we should be encouraging that and this generation of Africans should be driving that alongside other Africans and our international partners that come to our continent.
2: Talk to us about the critical need for secure and accessible energy.
1: Right now, if there's anything we have to think about our development, it is now. Think about it. 800 million people, they have no access to power. And those who have power or or energy, they're having load shedding every day. Clean cooking is important. So the idea that people who don't have any kind of secure, accessible need to energy in Africa, the IEA, they come in, they talk about climate change and energy transition, and they are saying that every African is going to have a Tesla by 2030. People are trying to have a bicycle and a chicken in every part. How are they going to start affording a Tesla when you don't even have electricity to power the Tesla? And today, we just need a transition that is fair, it's just, it's equitable, but also that power that is also affordable for the least of the in our society. And that's those, social, those socioeconomic issues and that social drive. It should come. Energy should no longer be something which is for the rich to discuss and the middle class to aim for. It should be something where we should have every, everybody. So we have to make energy poverty history. We have to get people who never thought that in rural communities that they could have um, life with um, 24-hour electricity. This is our time. And if we fix that, that should be our human rights struggle of the day, getting energy access affordable and sustainable to every African for this century. Because without that, we will not be able to really meet the true goals of our development needs for, for, the, for, our, for our people.
2: Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Uh, let me thank you for your time and apologies once again for all the technical glitches.
1: Thank you so much. When we have more energy, we'll have more more power.
0: That was the chairman of the Africa Energy Chamber, Executive NJ Ayuk, ending the interview about how Africa should invest in energy and looking at critical need for secure and accessible energy. She speaks there to Elizabeth Ledeha of Channel Africa.
3: It is very important who you spend your weekends with.
4: Oh, of course, darling. Ask me, I know. I would rather miss a party than to miss Africa at Play. Absolutely
2: unbelievable!
4: Now that's where my weekend is at.
3: Africa at Play, every Saturday and Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. Central African time on TSTV Channel 802 or streamed live on channelafrica.co.za. From all the corners of the continent to the rest of the globe.
1: are we going to see?
3: Africa at Play with Sport from an African perspective brought to you by Channel Africa.
0: If you just tuned in, you are listening to Science Tech Africa on Channel Africa, the African perspective, broadcasting from Johannesburg in South Africa. Stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. And don't forget that you can also find us in Southern Africa, DSTV, Audio Bouquet, Channel 802. Like our Facebook page, Channel Africa, and do follow us on Twitter at Science Tech underscore one. My name Name is Nombuiselo selo tango manufacturer and reseller of electric motor vehicles has launched its fully electric motor vehicles in Durban KwaZulu natal in South Africa recently agility is an electric vehicle and green tech company that is at the forefront of the fourth industrial revolution in Africa and most importantly green technology being the future the company drives clean energy solutions and carbon reduction. To hear more on their newly launched fully electric motor vehicles, producer Baseka Makafola speaks to Chief Executive Officer of Agility Dr. Mandla Lamba who describes this pioneering innovation as the catalyst for clean energy solutions and carbon reduction in Africa.
4: We are an electric vehicle manufacturer and also a green tech company so we use green technology to manufacture our vehicles. Dr. Mandla, you just
5: recently launched the first line of fully electric motor vehicles in Durban, South Africa. Can you just share with the listener what was the launch all about?
4: It was a third launch because what we've been doing, uh, we've been launching around, we started on the 28th of April in Cape Town in our first dealership in Cape Town where we launched uh, three models of our bikes. The first model being uh, a Lodex, which is a delivery scooter. Uh, The second one being the RTF, which is a a, um, a student bike. And then the last one being uh, Wild Grace, which is a personal commuting bike
5: doctor can you just share you know with the listener the difference between an electric car and a plug-in hybrid Uh,
4: this one is not even hybrid this one is full electric um the difference between the combustion engine and uh, and 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 electric is that the electric predominantly the ones that we we've manufactured ourselves as agility you're driving a technology as opposed to driving a car with an engine, uh, with a starter, with a rotor, with an alternator. These ones don't have none of that. Mm. These ones are pure electric vehicles, which I'll give you an example. <clears throat> when you buy our our bike or our, our vehicle, we, we are also manufacturing a, a, a double cab buggy, which is coming to the market next year. When you buy one... Of our vehicles this is what happens it has a facial recognition app software which is part of a telematics which is um, part of our ecosystem that is managing the operating system of the vehicle so uh, that telematics for facial recognition allows that when you buy it for instance you get on it it will scan your face on the first time you buy it it records your information mm-hmm. so it will never start without your face if you're going to have a second driver, when you buy it, you need to load the face of the second driver. Except for those two faces, it won't start. And then it's also having a, a, a telematics for RFID. Uh, that's a tracking system. It doesn't just track. It's able to check the load. It's able to check the speed at which the bike is traveling. For instance, if you have a... a a, a um a fleet that you got from us for deliver scooters and you want to know where your scooters are you are able to see what speed what load they are carrying if someone decides to take a girlfriend and have a second seater in the bike, you'll be able to know sitting in the off- in the office or sitting at home looking at the system from your phone and if they are driving over the speed you are able to reduce the speed sitting at home so that it doesn't pass whatever speed you feel comfortable that your driver shouldn't so that's the difference mm. I tell people that our bikes are the version of high in mobility. They, 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 It's complete technology.
5: Dr. Manza, you've partnered with E Go Private Limited. Please tell us about what exactly this partnership
4: entails. The partnership with E Bike Go was for the system, the ecosystem that we are using. they, they, they helped us with the ecosystem. Entire community of uh, different uh, softwares in, into one that led us to work day. So that partnership is amazing uh, with with a Doyen of uh, EV, who, who oh. done, uh Ifran founder or the founder of EbuyGo. Uh, it's been an amazing relationship. It has allowed us to do what we do, and it will continue to allow us to grow. And uh, they've been very helpful to us,
5: Dr. Mandla, In terms of you know the battery lifespan, how many kilometers or you know recharges that the battery lasts for?
4: The delivery scooter. Uh, 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 which is called Lodex, it can do 120 kilometers per charge. And then the one for students is 180 kilometers per charge. And then the one for uh, 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 um, personal commuting, uh, which is called the Wild Race, it's uh, 360 kilometers per charge. And the beauty of it, I like the question you're asking about the battery. The beauty of it is the fact that these batteries, when they finish, you don't charge them. We don't use it charge. You can charge at home. It's got a charging point. You can charge from a house. Same as a kettle charger, so you, a kettle plug. So you can, you can charge at home. But what we do, we have a system that is called a swapping system. So when the battery gets finished, you are able to go to a nearest swapping station. You put in the socket, the empty battery, and take a full battery for free of charge, and you continue driving.
5: Any message that you love to share with the listeners out there in terms of your offerings?
4: We have an opportunity for, um, of, of uh, franchising. We have partnered, uh, unfortunately, for purposes of marketing, we have have partnered with a certain bank in South Africa that's financing all our franchises across the country. So anyone who wants to participate and say, I want a franchise of agility so they can sell these vehicles of ours and own a a dealership, uh, they can can, uh, come to us. We've got that opportunity for everyone in South Africa.
0: That was Chief Executive Officer of Agility, Dr. Mandla Lamba, speaking to Pasega Makafula of Channel Africa. You are listening to Science Tech Africa on Channel Africa, the African Perspective, broadcasting from Johannesburg in South Africa. Stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. And don't forget that you can also find us in Southern Africa, DSTV Audio Bk Channel 802. Like our page on Facebook, Channel Africa, and do follow us on Twitter at science tech underscore one. Do comment on the show.
2: This is Live Well, where we take a closer look at how to achieve healthy, holistic African living. Join me, Balesatau, on this journey as we discuss various illnesses and diseases, find new ways to keep ourselves fit, as well as hear some inspirational health stories from around the continent. All this on Live Well, Mondays 10 a.m. C.A.T. Right here on Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective.
6: The radio station you can't live without. This is your radio.
0: South African app that empowers and formalizes one of the largest informal economies in our country, My Voice app has disrupted the market with its fundamentals founded on the basis of formalizing this economy, thereby closing the very large gap that existed for home service helpers after being connected to employment, limiting their financial inclusion and economic participation. My Voice Wallet, a mobile payment system that deposits employees wages and salaries into their bank accounts protected by the third party payment processor license of the sponsoring bank and allows them multiple benefits of free payment to any account. More from Henny Heyman, My Voice founder speaking to Pasagama Kafula about the first home service app that formalises domestic work into a powerful formal economy.
5: Henny, a very warm welcome to the show Science Tech Africa here on Channel Africa from the African Perspective.
7: I appreciate it and I appreciate you hosting me.
5: Okay, Henny, first thing first, uh, please introduce yourself to the listener and tell us uh, what do you do for My Voice?
7: I of my voice as well as a bureau registered as a third party payment processor and my voice rests on both uh, an excellent HR management tool as well as a payment solution and that combination makes it so extraordinary.
5: Thank you so much uh, Henny for the intro right there. What is the problem you are trying to solve, Henny, uh, regarding My Voice app?
7: It is twofold. The first is that, especially domestic workers who are actually our most trusted employees, are totally being exploited. Uh, it's been coming over the years. If you just look at what happened in COVID, about 250,000 domestic workers lost jobs and only about 21,000 of them received UIF payments. So that is the first that we want to address, is to balance the rights of employer and employee on the one side, and then on the other side is to start assisting in building a digital ID. In our app, we have a unique relationship. It is not like a normal wallet where somebody just downloads the wallet and, and... Now he is a participant in the wallet. Here we have a relationship of two people and the employer actually introduces the employee and vouches for the existence and correctness of that person's identification.
5: Henny, just share with the listener, how does the app work?
7: The app is so easy to use. It is a download, easy registration, and then both the employer and the employee have their access to the hr management tool where in the mornings the employee can do his or her covid 19 questionnaire with geolocation sign in see in the app what tasks there is for the day or that was carried over from yesterday sign them off automated progress report and going to the employer You do your leave application there, you do your salary slips there, and then payment is made there of the salary. And that is then the very first totally free wallet in South Africa. The employee can do electronic fund transfers. He or she can pay it, for instance, or if he or she wants to retain a normal bank account, they can do the transfer of all the funds or only portion of the funds there. They can do cost-free buying of electricity, of airtime. Uh, they can create a voucher, cost-free to spend with all the big retailers. They can even send that voucher to the grand in Limpopo, and she can use it there. And they can also draw cash at the retailers. The only place they will pick up a cost is when they draw cash at the retailers because the retailers' charges. But so does everybody when you withdraw cash.
5: Henny, this app is for anyone who has a worker or workers in their home and who wants a stress-free administration life, creating a great relationship between employer and employee. Just share with the listeners, how do domestic workers benefit from a My Voice app?
7: The benefit is the knowing that you can have a contract because in the app, we can generate a contract for you. The knowing that from now on, everything is being recorded in terms of what you need to do. Then the cost-free wallet. And on top of that, there is commuter accident insurance. If the employee in route to work or back home is in an accident and hospitalized, 10,000 rand will be paid to his or her estate. If that person, uh, if if she dies, if that person is only hospitalized, an amount of 250 rand per day will be paid to both parties, the employee and the employer. And lastly, from a safety view, the employee and the employer will have access to safety buttons where they can on-demand summon an ambulance or armed response never before has a domestic worker or any other employee in a one-to-one relationship been covered so far at no cost to that employee.
5: Henny, you've mentioned that my voice uh, have become you know, HR, finance and, and managers. Just share with the listener about you know, the subscription in terms of the commuter accident.
7: The employer pays an amount of 49 rand per month, and that subsidizes all the costs for the employee. So on the employee side, it is a cost-free subscription.
5: Henny, if one wants to get hold of this app, is it available on iOS and Android?
7: Yes, it is available on both. It is spelled M-I-voice, not M-Y-voice. So M-I-voice, and it can be downloaded in both.
5: Henny, any last message that you love to share with you know, uh, people around uh, South Africa regarding this new app?
7: Yes, I want to get people to stand up and say we agree it is time to empower our most trusted employees.
5: Henny, thank you very much for your time and hoping to talk to you again in the near future on the future projects of My Voice.
7: Pasepa, I really appreciate and once again, thank you for hosting me and thank you for allowing me to pass this wonderful message across
5: thanks to you, Henny, and you know do
7: enjoy the rest of your weekend I appreciate same day, thank you.
0: That was Henny Heyman, My Voice founder, speaking to producer Paseka Makafola about the first home service app that formalizes domestic work into a powerful formal economy. This is Science Tech Africa on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. Like our Facebook page, Channel Africa, and do follow us on Twitter at Science Tech underscore one. Your host, Nombui Tango. Have you ever asked yourself
4: what on earth am I here for? When God placed his image in us, he placed the sense of eternity within us. What is my purpose in life? I was made for greatness. I just don't know what it is yet, but I was made for greatness.
0: Life by Design explores the journey of people from around the continent who live a life of purpose. They share their experience on how they discovered what they were meant to do. Join me, Amanda Machaga, every Monday at 8.05 Central African Time for your weekly dose of Monday motivation only on channel africa the african perspective
3: life by design be the update of of your life
0: CETA announced its commitment to becoming a certified carbon neutral company by 2022 under the carbon neutral protocol. The protocol requires organizations to achieve net zero carbon dioxide emissions by defining emissions related to operations, measuring them reducing them and then offsetting the remaining ones that have not been reduced or removed through verified carbon offset projects aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Dr. Edna Aime Yahil, Vice President, Head of Communications, Brand and Sustainability, said, as part of our overall commitment, to reduce carbon emission across the air transport industry, we are keen to lead by example by taking real concrete steps to reduce our impact on the environment. She spoke to Pasaka Makafola on some of the benefits to the planet and what are some of the benefits of going climate neutral for businesses.
5: Adna First thing first, just share with the listener just a little bit background about the climate neutral. What exactly is climate neutral?
6: What it means is that uh, CETA, uh, which is the company that we work for, uh, which is an IT provider in the air transport industry, has announced that, that we're planning to become a carbon neutral company by 2022. Uh, and uh, we're following something that is called the Carbon Neutral Protocol. What does this mean? It's a protocol that requires companies like CETA to achieve a net zero carbon dioxide emission. Um, and the way that we do that is we first define uh, what the emissions are that are related to our operations. We then measure them. We reduce them. And then what's well, left, we offset um, with a verified uh, carbon offset project. Uh, And all of this activity, of course, is aligned to the United Nations uh, Sustainable Development Goals.
5: Thank you so much, Edna, for the explanation. There is a growing call for businesses to go climate neutral by reducing their emissions. Aside from the obvious uh, benefits to the planet, what are some of the benefits of going climate neutral for businesses?
6: That's a great question. So first and foremost, um, it's the right thing to do. Uh, I'm, I'm not only uh, someone who's working for CETA, I'm also a mother, a wife, I care about my community, I care about the planet, as I think most of us do. So I think the first thing is that there is a consensus that we as the global community need to do something for the planet, uh, for ourselves, and, and for our children and our uh, children's children. The second thing I think that's really important is that there is uh, employee and stakeholder expectations for companies to take uh, action right so you know, like many companies, we have more and more employees who are millennials uh, joining uh, CETA um, and and they don't want to come and work for a company that doesn 't take the issue of uh, climate. Seriously, and so when we're competing, you know, in the in the marketplace in various countries for talent, uh, it, it's very important for us to to do that. Um, finally, I think that you know, when you start to think really on the on the business sense, um, you need to, to to consider that we're a supplier for airports and for airlines and that they are also, uh, our customers, are facing more and more scrutiny and having more and more interest around sustainability. So when we respond to RFPs or or requests for proposals for various uh, projects, we're being asked uh, if we are carbon neutral, and we believe that this will help our, our value proposition when we are selling our product to our customers.
5: CETA is set to become a certified carbon neutral organization by or before 2022 this is well ahead of 2030 and 2050 airline industry milestones how has CETA been able to achieve this milestone so far ahead industry peers what are you doing that others aren't doing
6: okay so uh, that's a really good question and if you don't mind i'm going to divide my response into into several uh, aspects First, I think it's good to have a bit of a a history lesson as to what the airline industry has done so far. Okay, So it's been uh, more than 10 years that the airline industry has taken uh, this issue seriously. In in 2009, um, we had the Airports Council International, which is a grouping of uh, all uh, airports. Lodge the airport carbon accreditation, and you also had ATAG, which is the Air Transport Action Group, uh, have the initial target definition, okay? And then in 2016, I think the airline industry was one of the first through ICAO, which is the International Civil Aviation Organization, to produce a carbon offset and carbon reduction scheme, which is really, really key. Okay. Um, And then you say, okay, so where are we today and what are the actual commitments of the industry? So basically the industry has several uh, commitments. One through a tag is to reduce, uh, sorry, to reach carbon neutral growth starting from 2020. One is to reduce the carbon emissions by 2050 to half of what they were in 2005, and the third, which is for the airports, is to achieve net zero carbon emissions for airport operations by 2050, okay? Now, mm-hmm. those are sort of the commitments and the history. And then you say, okay, and and, and I haven't uh, talked at all about there's certain countries like the UK and Norway, uh, there's startups like Zero Avia who, who've also made commitments. So that's the industry in general. Now, let's mm-hmm. contextualize CETA within this path, okay? Okay. So first of all, when you talk about the airline industry, it's a it's a very big industry with different players. You have airlines, you have airports, you also have manufacturers like a Boeing or an Airbus and you have people like us who are our suppliers. Right. So 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 clearly it's not um, as complex for CETA to become carbon neutral as it might be for an airline where there are more factors. OK, hmm. however, we are nonetheless one of the the, the first. Um, and we're very proud of that. I also want to just um, call attention to Swedavia. Swedavia is a airport operator in Sweden and they were the first airport operator and they announced in April this year that they were carbon neutral so you know we're proud uh, to be to be you know first in mind we're not the only ones and we're really now turning our attention to helping our customers in the industry reach this wonderful goal
5: Edna, what are the biggest challenges associated with you know reducing emissions and how do you overcome them
6: you know, I have one answer for you, and that is collecting accurate data. Mm. In order to, um, to, to... No, but it's true. In okay. order to, to, to really... Um, uh, I, I mean, we're audited on this. We have external partners, etc. But obviously, we're collecting data from various parts of the business, from various suppliers, you know, everything from energy to a paper to, a, you know, etc. We're looking at scope one, which is direct and controlled emissions. We're looking at scope two, which is electricity, and we're looking at scope three, which is upstream and downstream emissions. And and including, for example, during the year of the the pandemic, we're looking at emissions generated by CETA employees working from home. Now, you can imagine that I have a a, a team that's that's hard at work um, actually collecting and measuring the data, because unless we know how much we're emitting, it's very difficult for us to put in place the program's to reduce
5: it. And la- lastly, you know, just wrap up the interview by sharing with the listeners, you know, ways that CETA is helping to drive sustainability for the global aviation industry.
6: So uh, we're really, really uh, happy to to be part of the the, the global industry's uh, uh, um, target and um, to support them with their targets. Well, we can help airlines and airlines, uh, sorry, airports and airlines. Um, reduce carbon emission at each stage of operations, right? So, for example, we can enhance runway management and allocation of resources for more effective uh, aircraft turnaround. This results in less taxiing, less fuel burn. Um, we can help optimize operations to prioritize uh, certain KPIs, Right. Um, and I think that that's uh, key. We also can um, have we have self-service kiosks, gates, and bag drops, which use uh, green power technology, which is which is wonderful. Um, so so basically, you know, our goal is to be able to to drive the industry to be more sustainable, and we are working hard uh, with our product uh, development teams to come up with solutions that help to to reduce these emissions.
5: Edna, thank you so much for your time and hoping to talk to you again in the future.
0: It's a pleasure. Thank you. That was Dr. Edna Aima Yahil, Vice President and Head of Communications, Bread and Sustainability, speaking to the producer, Pasega Makafula. Music
3: It is a tough clash between Africa 11 and World 11. Africa has the possession. Bafana, Bafana. Great pass to the Mumbers of Mars. Then to the Crocodiles. Black Stars in the middle of the park. Plays it to the right flank. Let's see if Arambe Stars can play across. Beautiful pass to Chipolo Polo. Africa wins a free kick in a superb scoring position. Super Eagles, Warriors of Zim, Uganda Crane standing together. Red Devils of Egypt in the mix. He takes a shot. 1-0.
7: Africa is
3: leading. This is Africa at Play with sport. From an African Perspective, live every Saturday and Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. Central African Time on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 802 or stream live on channelafrica.co.za Africa at Play.
0: In today's program, we look at the African Energy Chamber that is set to host the first ever African Energy Week in the African soil. Then we looked at a manufacturer and reseller of electric motor vehicles that recently launched its first line of fully electric motor vehicles. We also looked at South Africa's first home service app that formalizes domestic work into a powerful Formal economy. Lastly, we looked at CETA announced its commitment to becoming a certified carbon neutral company by 2022 under the carbon neutral protocol. And that's all the time we have for you on this show. Should you wish to listen to this program or download it, go to iono.fm and search Science Tech Africa. Stay tuned to Channel Africa The African Perspective. Please like our Facebook page, Channel Africa, and do follow us on Twitter? Science take underscore one. Engage with us. We are also on the Southern African DSTV audio bouquet channel eight zero two, and stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Thanks for joining us, and thanks to the Science Take Africa producer Baseka Makafula. I am Nombui Selotengo, and stay tuned to Channel Africa from the African. Pacific.